When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to 51 First Dates. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And we are doing an experiment. And talking about dating. And love. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Cheers. Cheers. Hi, everybody. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy, and this is 51 First Dates, a podcast about dating and maybe not dating when it's too scary out there because the pandemic is never ending. Okay. Okay. I just had to get that out at the top. Um, thank you all for being here and listening. Liza, how are you? I'm okay. I'm having a day where I'm tired for no reason. I, this keeps happening to me. I should probably. I'm taking so many supplements and all this bullshit and I'm just tired all the time. Um, does this happen to people? DM me. <laughs> it's just hard to be uh old and falling apart I know we're not old but my body is slowly falling apart how are you yeah (laughs) I mean I'm also tired um yeah I feel I feel you I feel like also potentially you know not to diagnose you um but maybe it's also just the weight of the world right now like it's it's easy to be tired right now it's not like a typical August I would say uh but I'm being negative yet again no it's fine Right before this recording, Kimmy and I were like, okay, let's be peppy, let's be peppy. And then I was like, we cannot be peppy. Like, we're allowed to be, um, you know, little baby womp womps, uh, which is kind of how I feel. So, yeah, fuck it. Bringing the energy we have, and I think it's going to be fine. Little we do baby womp womps. Our business from our little baby womp womp corners absolutely well first and foremost thank you so much for being here even though we're a little baby womp womps uh and thank you for rate subscribing and reviewing i saw a new review recently that was just so nice and again changed my whole day so thank you it's so nice we we love you all join our secret facebook group um subscribe to precious gems on substack our newsletter this week i broke down What's going on in the celeb couple in Italy and the rest of the Mediterranean situation uh, from, you know, Chriselle and Jason from Selling Sunset. I can't get over it uh, to J-Lo and Ben, you know, just just had some fun ranking couples. And Liza, what else is going on? Oh, today's episode. Today we have a very fun. Well, wrong word. Overdue. (laughs) Great, interesting topic uh, to cover. We're talking about love bombing today. We haven't really done an episode on this yet. We haven't, and we're doing like a solo episode about a topic, which we don't usually do. I guess we do occasionally, but um, we just thought it'd be fun to kind of like break this one down by ourselves, talk about what it means, talk about moments maybe we've experienced it or committed it, etc. Um, so, and we have some listener questions that sort of relate to that. And then at the very end, we have a dating detective that someone submitted, which if you don't remember is basically a uh, a dating scenario that was a big mystery and maybe is unsolved still, or maybe it's solved. Ooh, suspense. 
<laughs> I really am selling it. But we have uh, a great one of those from a listener at the very end. Um, and yeah, but I guess we're going to first do consumption corner. Kimmy, do you have um, fun stuff you've been reading, listening to, watching, consuming? Oh boy, Liza, do I. I am. I, I, I think I found the best reality show I've ever seen. Um, oh my God. I, I was on a flight a few weeks ago and there were three episodes of season eight of a show called Below Deck that I am late to the party on, but I started it. I watched all three. I couldn't wait to get home and just keep watching them. They're on Peacock, so you they're free. There are ads, um, but not that many. And I crushed the entire most recent season of regular Below Deck. And I just think the format of having this crew on a yacht and then, you know, rich guests coming on and then you have to wait and find out what kind of tip they got. I don't know. I think it's really well done. And if you're looking for a Bravo show, it, it puts housewives to shame. I'm like, what am I below deck? I I'm, I'm fully bought in. I can't believe it took me this long. I just want to, I've heard it so good it. and I'm really in need of a, um, of a like Bravo style reality show to go deep into. So you've sold me. I'm in, I will be consuming that probably tonight while I fold laundry. Um, and this, I would say this season was it, it at the end, it does become like the COVID season, but it didn't bother me. It didn't. And I mean, it's still our reality, but I thought it was, I don't know. I liked it. I thought it was a really good introductory season. Cause now I've, I've started, a another season. I think the first season I've gone to the bat, the beginning and like it's the same captain, but I don't think I needed to watch all the seasons. So totally, I would say season totally. eight, go for it guys. Great. Love that. What about you? Um, anything else? Oh, gosh. No, no. sorry. I'm no, not putting no. the pressure on. I just, okay. just below deck. Um, okay, cool. <laughs> I have a couple. Wait, first of all, did I already talk about the Nick? I think I did. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Okay, great. So I won't talk about that again. Um, so mine is actually a podcast. I did an enormous amount of driving in the last 10 days. Um, and I got really, really deep on this podcast called Ologies. Have you ever heard of this? No, and I'm I need a podcast in a way that I've okay, never great. needed one. Yes. Amazing. Okay. okay. So it's it's Ologies O L O G I E S. And this um podcast host is a comedy kind of comedy adjacent com- she's not a stand-up comedian, but she's like more in the comedy writing world. Mm-hmm. And she at one point found a list online of all of the different ologies, like biology, theology, Blah, blah, blah. Like all of these different things. And uh, they're essentially she interviews scientists and um, asks them from like a total layperson standpoint about what they do. And not I guess it's not all scientists because anyone who works in an ology. ology. So oh. like but a lot of them are scientists. And the thing that I think is really cool is she interviews mostly female scientists and it's not like a thing. It's not like um, preachy or pressureful, but just I think she defaults to interviewing female scientists when she can when she can. And then occasionally there's a male scientist, too. But mostly it's like two women talking about science, one who knows a lot about it and one who doesn't and is also kind of funny. And um, she I just find her the host name is Allie Ward. And I just find her to be such a good interviewer. She like is always ask the question that I'm thinking and anytime the host the guest says something that she doesn't understand in the moment 
she kind of cuts to voiceover and is like, hey, just so you know, I Googled this and this is what it means. Like it's, I it's love every that. time I have a moment where I'm like, oh, what does that word mean? She jumps in and is like, hey, I had to look up what this word means. It's this. And it's just really like I loved science as a kid, but was never very good at it. And I mean, that's a lie. I loved it and was okay at it. But when I got to high school, like harder science, I really like felt insecure and kind of didn't push through. And but I still really love all of it. So like I listened to their her episode on volcanoes, volcanology. Oh, my God. And it just was like so cool. I just felt like a nerdy little kid at a science museum. But it's also a little bit funny. And the the thing that is coolest to me is that the people she interviews, like scientists all just love what they do so much. Like you have to be so obsessed with a thing um to to become a person who does that thing and uh it's all just really great yeah so so I listened to like 12 of those episodes in the last week and just super highly recommend it and it's called again it's called ologies with Allie Ward it sounds perfect wow Liza thank you bless you I am so excited for my journey with that pod great yeah I'm gonna like app there's probably like 200 episodes and like I'm absolutely gonna listen to every single one I think But that's so cool. I haven't had that feeling with a podcast in so long. And, you know, we just finished our 200th episode and I don't imagine most of you have listened to all of them. And that's totally fine. Like that's when you know a podcast is uh, something else. Yeah, totally. And this one's also cool because you can kind of pick and choose. Like there's one about vaginas. That's the next one on my queue. It's like she's like a vulvologist. I don't know. I was going to say what's theology. (laughs) Yeah. And there's a one. I just listened to one about I think it was called Thanatology, which is about death. And like this woman who's a thanatologist, she's kind of like, I'm a combination of like a death doula and a funeral director. And and the woman, the host, Allie, was like, I'm terrified of death. I hate this. I'm really scared. I don't want to talk to her. But like, I think it's interesting and blah, blah, blah and whatever. And it was like such a profound episode. And she kind of talks about you know, how she deals with people who are dying all the time and what they think and what they feel and, and how, you know, it just was like, very very profound and cool and it it really runs the gamut I'm like super can't recommend it enough oh I've always been fascinated by death doulas and very cognizant of like that that's an important thing even just like I've also I know for my family when my mom passed my dad had so many like things to take care of where if you don't have kind of a religious leader or like a rabbi or someone like he wanted like a death concierge just even the technicalities you have to deal with with the state it's so dark when someone's grieving and anyway that's a tangent but I was just thinking as you were speaking too were there any or have there been any ologists relating to relationships or like breakups or something I was thinking like a breakup doula like I don't know if those exist dude (laughs) that's a great question I haven't come across any of them yet but if I do maybe I'll pitch pitch us to her oh yeah we should uh, get but someone. I actually think that would be a great like profession, like a breakup coach, you know, just like. Uh, yeah. And I know uh, like sh- Amy, we had Amy Chan on, like people do this, but I almost feel like something more universally accepted. I mean, I don't think death duels are super widely, you know, known about, but that would be cool. Just someone who's not your friend to guide you through a breakup. Totally. Because they can take yeah. years of your life sometimes. And yes, it's tough. 100%. I mean, I think a therapist is basically that. But you need someone you can, like, text on demand. You need someone who's, like, oh, a yeah. little bit more available. No, you're right. A therapist is totally that. Maybe it's more for, like, larger breakups. Okay. Wow, I'm tired. But, no, I think it's also larger because I think there's something to be said for having someone be like, okay, let's talk about how you're, like, the it, it's somewhere between, a, a like, a life coach, a therapist, and, like, yeah, like, a practical 
I don't know, like consultant on like, how do you divide your stuff and how do you communicate and how do you blah, blah, blah. And do you block people and do you whatever? Like you need some like practical guidance too. And not just like, well, why do you think your relationship with your family led to whatever it is, you know? Yeah. There's like, if if you're not in couple, a couple therapy is probably helpful for that. But if you're in solo therapy, that's one thing. On the other end of the spectrum, you have Ladies like us on the internet just saying lots of words at you about, you know, <laughs> words, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. Okay, well, that's fun. We should start an app um, <laughs> or a company. Uh, Liza, that's so exciting. I just got so excited about that. I took us on a tangent. It's Thank really you. fun. Yeah. And I'm, yeah, I will continue to like, I'll text you the ones that I like the most. But the first episode yes. is about volcanoes and it's just really fun. And the person she interviews is like, such an endearing nerd and just cannot like I was like I got excited about like lava and volcanoes and I really want to go see a volcano now like something I've never thought about I was obsessed with volcanoes this embarrassingly around the time that that volcano movie came out do you remember I think it's a terrible movie like a volcano happens in the middle of Los Angeles I don't know either way I saw it we had a volcano project at school and I just became obsessed with volcanoes for a short period of time oh my god you're gonna love this it's great I'm in all right. Well, that was fun. Uh, okay. I- Topic du jour, love bombing. Should we take a quick break and then come right back? Yes, let's do it. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And we're back to talk about love bombing. Liza, I am curious. When do you feel like you first heard this term or understood what it meant? Because I'll just, you know, before I let you answer, give you my answer. I just feel like when I first heard this term, I didn't fully understand what love bombing was. And I more kind of dumped it into breadcrumbing, ghosting, all these kind of cutesy terms we we love and hate. Uh, because I didn't know the full extent of what love bombing was and how it's like, you know, it could be a pretty significant um, pattern for some people. So. Totally. I am embarrassed and also surprised to admit this, but I hadn't heard of this until you texted me like we should do this for an episode. And I Googled it and was like, oh, my God, this is really interesting. But it's surprising because I feel like as soon as I saw the word love bombing, I was like, oh, my God, I know what this is. And I feel like I've experienced it. And also, like, I've seen it happen to other people. I've seen other people I know do it. And it it's so, like, I think it actually is, like, pretty pervasive. Maybe, like, in smaller. I mean, there's there's spec- a spectrum of, like, how bad it can be, I think. Mm-hmm. But, um. But yeah, I'm shocked that it's not a little bit more like widely talked about or maybe I just missed it. But I look at a lot of dating content on the Internet. (laughs) So I'm like surprised by it. What about you? When did you first hear it? No, I think that like I've I've heard of it for a decent I don't know. I don't remember when but I've heard of it prior to like the recent past few months. But I didn't really understand what it was. I think I knew to your point, it's like love bombing. It's really clear. But I put it in the category, like I was saying, of more like a term we might. And I think it, this actually might happen with this term. A term that you could easily apply to like something not that serious. So he love bombed me. He like, ta- I, I guess I didn't understand like the depth of 
um, oh gosh, words are so hard. I didn't realize how bad it could be pretty much. I thought this yeah. was more of like an internet term, not, and did not realize it was like an actual thing that, you know, we should honestly have a therapist on talking about it today versus just us. You know, I, I totally, I just lumped it in with those orbiting and all of that. Yeah, for, fully. I have to Google because I feel like you never watched Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, right? I did. Not all of it. But, okay. Oh, interesting. She, I'm wondering if they like coined this term even. Um, maybe not. No, they didn't. But I, I feel like there was maybe even a song like about it or called it or something. But it's very much like a, well, we'll get into this, but spoiler alert, it's very much a characteristic of narcissists and that was like a big plot point of crazy ex-girlfriend was like the main character was a narcissist and she really, really, really did this. Yeah. Uh, and like that so much credit to that, to that show for all of that. Um, totally. Okay. So fucking good. Let us define it for you all since I'm personally having trouble making words into sentences today. Um, we're going to take a quote from an article by Jasmine Gomez in women's health. What's love bombing and how do I know when it's happening to me? Um, okay, should we define it with this quote from January Bear, a psychologist and director at Bear Psychology in New York, Liza? Sure. <laughs> Let's do it. Oh, guys, I'm so sorry for you're, myself you're today. You're fucking crushing it. It's great. Um, okay, so the definition from this psych- this doctor and, and this article was, love bombing is when an individual idealizes their partner and barrages them in an intense all good love and affection. This type of behavior is often linked to narcissism, a clinical disorder in which someone has an excessive and inflated interest in themselves or their appearance. So, I mean, we still need to define it more. No shade to this this psychiatrist or psychologist. Um, Liza, what? how would you... I think that the trickiest part for me about love bombing is what counts as love bombing and what does not. And not that that even matters, right? But if you're if you're worried that you've done this to someone or someone might be doing it to you, how how do you think about what it actually is yeah. and what it's not? It's funny because again when I saw it and it like immediately sparked a thing with me, I feel like I've seen people do it who I feel like are more excited to be in a relationship than they are to be with the specific person they're dating. Like, I almost feel like people in the same way, like people are either mansplainers or they're not. I almost feel people are either love bombers or they're not because I feel like I know some people who I've seen do it over and over and over and over again in every relationship. And every time it's like, this is the one and I'm in love with him or whatever, or her, whoever it is. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because I don't necessarily know if in all of those cases, I think it boils down to narcissism, but right. I do think it boil it comes down to this, like, again, this idea of like putting relationships or not being single on a pedestal because of societal pressures, blah, 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 yada, 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 patriarchy, like you've heard mm-hmm. it all before. But I think that a lot of times when I've seen this, I would not say it's from narcissism but it's from like I will make this relationship work and like it doesn't matter if it's the right person and I think you know at the end of the day even if that's not and and this article discusses it's not always related to narcissistic um, personalities 
But if you are out there dating at any level, love bombing or not, and you're just focused on getting to the relationship to say you're in a relationship, not getting to the relationship with a person you actually want to be in a relationship with, I think that's always inherently a little bit selfish. So it might not be narcissistic, but like even I'm looking at myself when I, you know, was dating. Sometimes I, you know, I felt like I wanted a relationship just to say that I had one. You know, a lot of us have felt that way. But in the end, that's kind of selfish of me because it was just about me. It was not about who this other person is. And that's why I got into like, you know, good on paper, those kind of checklists. Um, But that said, I don't think I've ever love bombed. Have you? I definitely have not. I'm way more of a like love withholder. Like I'm like... that's that's generally more my mo but I think I have been in a situation where I was like love bombed and it was a very overwhelming experience it was like a very confusing experience because it never happened to me before and I was kind of like it just I just remember being like this doesn't feel like it's about me like it just Mm. felt like it was copy pasted from like other like just his mo with like how he treated women he was dating and it was a lot and like weird and like also sometimes kind of fun which is exactly the point i mean essentially i think i don't think that this person i'm talking about was a narcissist i think it was like more of an insecurity thing but actually i mean okay so i'm gonna read one more quote from the article just because i think it's interesting but just like re-narcissism okay so quote The narcissist's self-worth is so low that they overcompensate with love bombing so they can receive the reciprocated love and affection they need to maintain their self-worth. A narcissistic person love bombs that the other partner can develop emotional, physical, or financial dependence on them. So, like, in a way, it is about insecurity, but it's hard. I don't know. It's weird. It's hard to tell, like, I feel like even in hindsight, I it's hard to tell when someone, like, is a narcissist and it's manipulative and how much of it's inten- like I don't think this person was like intentionally manipulating me so that I would be dependent on them but I think he was trying to like strongly audition so that he would not be alone yeah yeah I think that's yeah, strongly audition for the part um we love our casting director metaphor I think oh that's interesting I think let's Well, I want to ask you how you felt. What were the first signs or maybe not signs, things you look back on now that felt like love bombing? A lot of, you know, the examples in this article and that a lot of us have experienced or or not. I'm like, I don't know if I've been love bombed. Um, But, you know, really early compliments, really early, you know, a lot of um, pressure on you to just be in their life all the way right away. Uh, What did it feel like for you? False promises, overabundance of attention. I'm just reading some others. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of all of those things. The, the thing is, is that, and this article talks about this, is that in, I think, the kind of worst case scenario love bombing, it's very like giving and then withholding. Mm-hmm. And like that's part of the kind of manipulation of it is that it's like give, 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 withhold so that like you are like, what's wrong? Like blah, 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 you know? And the thing that I experienced that was, good in general was that there was no withholding it was like all giving but generally I just felt incredibly overwhelmed I remember like the first sign was like 
he he got me like it's so weird I feel bad talking about this because so many of these things also like are kind and thoughtful and it just was too much and ill-timed like I think that's the I think that's what makes this so interesting but totally yeah he just got me like the most thoughtful like specific personal gifts like he still gave me like some of the best gifts anyone has ever given me based on like these little he would pick up on these little tiny things I said I liked or I liked when I was a kid or this that or just like these nothing comments I would throw away he would like turn into the most like beautiful special thoughtful gifts I still have every single thing he gave me which like was like 10 things in the course of maybe a six-month relationship Wow. And see, uh, yeah. So I'm having two honest reactions. E, and obviously I know a little bit more context on this person from our, our friendship and life. And this was a very nice person. Um, I'm fa- so nice. A I feel bad out. even talking yeah. to him, talking about no. him in this way. Cause like you met him and he was not, I don't know. There was no creepiness Whatever. there. Like, but I feel creeped out when you say the numbers. It's like, oh, ooh. But I also yeah. feel like all of these behaviors. Or what? In an ideal world, it's the whole nice guy thing. Oh, I did start F-Boy Island. I forgot to mention. But the nice guy finishes last thing is weirdly caught up in this for me, too, because it's like, okay, giving someone a present, a thoughtful gift is so sweet and something we all want. I can hear the trolls being like, oh, you're going to complain if you get attention. You're going to complain if you don't get attention. You get gifts, you know. You get so many calls. You get someone texting you all day. But I think what it may have boiled down to for you, Liza, if I'm understanding correctly, and what I think kind of the, we'll get into this a little more, but the the line in the sand is, is when it's, when it doesn't feel like it's matching your energy, like it's, totally. it's overwhelming or it's, yeah, I think across the board, matching the other person's energy in a relationship or not relationship or a first date is, yeah. is great. But, and I think the thing that ended up happening a lot which really sucked because I again I just think we were mismatched in terms of personality but he really did have a hard time with my boundaries and not in ways that are like problematic or scary or whatever I never felt in danger emotionally or physically or anything but just like if he wanted to hang out and I didn't he would be like really really sad about it and I don't, I mean, maybe I'm naive or maybe I was being naive, but I don't think he was doing it to manipulate me. I think he just wanted the relationship to be at a 10 when I was more at like a three or a four. And because of that, he wanted to hang out all the time. And if I wanted to make plans without him or wanted to like, you know, whatever. I remember there was one night where like we hung out, but I just didn't want him to come spend the night because I was like really tired or something. And I was like, oh, I think I'm just going to like go home and go to bed. And he was like so sad about it. And, like, it's just, you know, it was just really hard because I feel like when one person wants more than you're willing to give, you're constantly, like, putting up your – you're constantly having to, like, restate your boundaries. And then you feel – or whatever. I felt like an asshole all the time. Um, And that was hard. Big – I'm so inarticulate today, but I'm having, like – a moment of realization that maybe I have quote unquote love bombed Liza. Okay. 
when I I was in people on this podcast know like long term situationships are really just like dating scenarios that went on forever because I was really wanting something to work out that the other person clearly was not as into. And Liza, you were always the friend who could give me a good perspective on like how it would feel from that fuck boy's perspective. Right. Let's just say because it was so easy to call that guy a fuck boy. Right. There were a couple. But like, you know, and you'd kind of get me to think about like, well, He's not a fuckboy just because he's not into you, you know, and some there were ways everyone could behave better, but in a, in a good way. You always made me like think about that more. And as you were just speaking, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I didn't do it in the more traditional, maybe hetero male ways. I didn't buy gifts. I didn't say anything about futures or mar- I played the cool girl, but I definitely would get to a point where then I was like, well, why, why, why don't you want to stay over tonight and tried to make someone feel bad for not wanting to stay over at my place, which was all about me because I was so insecure because I knew this wasn't going to turn into a relationship. Does that make any sense? Like I'm, I'm feeling like, oh my God. And not, not that this needs to be my therapy. I'm just like, oh, it's so, this is so nuanced and every scenario is so different, but it's all about the other person's boundaries. It's just a good way to like flip the, the fuck boy narrative on its head. Totally. A hundred percent. And I think that like, it's so much of it boils down to, as we say, all the fucking time communication. But part of that communication is like nonverbal communication of like matching the other person's tone. Mm-hmm. And I just remember like I really liked this person and I still have like a lot of respect for him. But I remember even at the time being like if we were both at like a three or a four, like this could go on for a very long time. Like, I actually really liked him a lot and and was just so freaked out by the intensity that I had to, like, withdraw because I was like, well, I'm always going to be letting him down. I'm always going to be, you know, I'm always going to be, like, not where he wants me to be, not where he is. I'm going to always feel guilty. There was, like, so much um, I, I genuinely think was a very nice person and I just felt like I was making him feel horrible all the time. And I... Backed off, or I I ended the relationship because of that. I mean, it wasn't like a full relationship, but I I ended things with him because of that. But also, like, I think that there is a world where if I had been younger and a little bit less like self confident, I would have just pretended to match his energy. And I think that's really where things get problematic, where it's like really important for both parties to be reading the vibe and being like, okay, we gotta like temper this a little bit. That's where yes. like a little bit of cool girlness might be good. I don't know. But cool boyness too. Like I think everybody's gotta be a little like same page, same page, same page, same page. It's like picking a movie, you know, you gotta kinda yeah. like feel out. It's just a healthy relationship. You know, that's what the dynamic should be. It should never be one person really defining the 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 dynamic of the relationship, whether it was me trying to get a guy to commit to me who clearly didn't want to, um, wasn't ready for a relationship, lol. Then they always are, you know, with the next girl. Or if it's like what happened with you, I think I think I'm having this moment and we'll get into this. Maybe we'll do our listener question on this. But where it's where what was different, your experience, you know, maybe my experience now, quote unquote, love bombing there. There wasn't this like to your earlier point, Liza, this withholding afterwards. It wasn't this mm-hmm. here you go. Now it's going to go away. So I will. The only time I feel like and it's not love bombing. And Liza, you know, this man, he's very dear. He was my eighth grade crush. And then we ended up dating when I was in college. Um, he is the sweetest man in the world. So I don't categorize this. I just remember, you know, especially because we grew up in the same bunch of friends and shout out if you're listening I I 
love this person. He's a great guy. Um, but I just remember he was like so sweetly like that weird summer where we reconnected, like got me a present related to breast cancer. My mom had breast cancer and like was really into me and almost like it was more like this like sweet like puppy kind of thing. And then he ended up meeting someone like not that long after and we're still friends. So this is weird. But that's like the closest experience I've had to anything remotely like this. And it wasn't negative. It was just someone being really excited and then also like life getting in the way. It was, I don't know. I, I think, let's read this question because I'm, I'm spoiling it, I think, by bringing this up. Um, totally. Let's do it. All right. A question I have, even though I'm in a relationship now, haha, is how, haha, yes, congrats. But also, if you weren't, also congrats. Okay. Is how can you tell the difference between love bombing and someone who feels things very deeply slash quickly? Is it the same thing, just in, on different levels, um, as someone who has fallen hard fast in the past? An example. Several years ago, was having sex with a guy. There had been a lot of anticipation built up to it. And right in the middle of it, he asked me to be his girlfriend. I did like him, but I was about to move to another country. To be fair, he didn't know this yet. So it was a very what the fuck moment. So I think there are two parts to this. The specific scenario, but also I, yeah, this is like what I was just explaining. I do not feel that I was love bombed by the person I was just talking about at all. That was just someone who I admired for how quickly they could feel things and like be open. Yeah. I mean, I think that the biggest thing here is like about, okay, about speaking specifically to how you can tell the difference between love bombing and someone who is just like very open with their feelings and whatever is, I think exactly what I was saying before is like, do they respect your boundaries and like a difference in feelings? Because Mm I have also, like, when Jeff and I started dating, I, he was very open with his feelings very quickly. And I was feeling a lot of things too, but it's just was very unnatural for me to express those things. And I remember like at one point when we had been dating for like six months, he said something along the lives of like, yeah, well, like, I mean, I think this is it. I think this is like, you know, the relationship that like we're going to be in for the rest of our, I don't know. He said it like a little bit more casually than that, but basically it was like, yeah, like I think this is like a big relationship and like we're going to be in it for a long time or some whatever. And I like, freaked out and was really like super fucking avoidant and whatever and it that was hard for him but he was very like respectful he was like he he literally said I think almost exactly that he's like well that's really hard to hear and that does absolutely scare me but also like I have a lot of faith in this and like you know you'll get there when you get there and like I'm not too worried about that and wow. it was just like, I just remember that conversation so clearly being a turning point where I was like, oh, I can say what I feel to him. And like, it's not going to be met with judgment. It's going to be met with like honesty. And I think it was like such a moment of respecting my own like deeply avoidant tendencies. And it was such a difference from that other relationship where like when I expressed um, a need for distance or any kind of like doubt or anything like that, it was met with like kind of puppy dog eyes um and mm-hmm. like to me what felt like a yeah like not um respectful of like my where I was at and uh not to like use all my fucking experiences as like templates they're not at all and like you know these conversations and these experiences are you know run the gamut of everything there's infinite possibilities with like what this can mean to different people and in different times but I do think that like a respect for what you're where you're at is 
really healthy. And I think that if you are the person who feels things very deeply and quickly and wants to talk about them and express them, like you have to understand the other person might be on a different timeline and know that like that's totally fine. It's not a reflection on you. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, so well said and put, and I, I just always delight in you having the experience you did with Jeff, because I think it's helpful. We have a lot of women who date men listening. It's just helpful to, I don't know, again, taking like the, the fuck boy narrative exists for a reason. It's tired now. I feel like it never helped me. It just made things confusing for me. So yeah, it, it feelings are always scary for, for anyone involved, no matter the gender of that person. Okay. But specifically to the having sex with someone where there was a lot of anticipation and build up to it. So it sounds like this is the first time they had sex. And right in the middle of it, he asked if she would be his girlfriend. What is your thought here? Uh, okay. We feel differently about this. I want your, Liza, your take first. I just feel like that's like, I have been in this uh, situations with more than one person where they try to have like, a (laughs) emotional conversation about like your future or like said I love you or something like while you're having sex and I just am like not now do it's like it's just I just feel like it's it's a little bit like inconsiderate like it's not romantic to me it feels like a cop-out it feels like a way to avoid um like it feels like a way to like make someone say yes to something. I think fair, I just fair. don't like it. I don't know, but I don't know. I want to hear your perspective. My I'm, only thought was like, this. I'm like, who knows the anticipation build up thing. I was like, if you guys, especially if you, maybe you were drunk or uh, on any kind of substance or like high on whatever <laughs> sex, I was like, maybe it just slipped out. Like be my girlfriend. Like I was giving him the benefit of the doubt. Um, but I am with you, Liza. I feel like it's never ideal to ask anyone anything. It's it's unfair. You can't ask someone something during sex. Yes. Like that is important and serious. It's unfair. Totally. You can say like, I think you're amazing. You're fucking so hot. You're brilliant. You're the best person in the world. Whatever. Say all the most complimentary things, but like don't ask someone for like, Something like that or like, I don't know. I also don't yeah. think like saying I love you when you're having sex is like a great movie there because it's really a boner killer if it doesn't get said back. Uh, yeah, no, that's a terrible move. And no, I would I would like not even if I wanted to say it back, I think I would. That's never happened to me. But if it did, I'd be so scared that I wouldn't say it back even if I wanted to. I feel I'd just yeah. like, uh, uh, I don't I don't like like ch- chit chat during sexy times. Um, Liza, but I don't I, I don't know if you feel this way. I feel like this isn't really. This is like one instance and this is someone who probably had a lot of feelings and moved quickly and was asked at a terrible time. I don't know if it's love bombing because I almost feel like to be love bombing and again we're trying to define something that is you know contains multitudes but I feel like it's got to be a little bit more of a pattern. So maybe we can switch to the next question. Um, It's not so much a question she says but I think like when it comes to the more extreme cases of this like how can you look out for yourself in early dating. Um, Mm -hmm. So this not so much of a question is not so much a question, but sometimes something I find so difficult with love bombing and why it's so effective is that we all want to believe we're the most special person on the planet and that someone will fall head over and heels, head over heels in love with us that quickly and easily. So I guess the pitfalls of how 
Love bombing plays into our own self-esteem issues is a topic I'm interested in. And I'm specifically thinking of like, yeah, how my self-esteem would feel if I went on a date and someone's like, do you want to go on vacation with me to Greece? Like, if they're already picturing their future with me, that's fucking flattering. My first, I was a deeply insecure girl. I still am. My first instinct is like, oh my God, a, a man could want that from me rather than, you know, like, this is weird. Totally. As I was experiencing this, I was like, oh my God, me? Like, I must be as great as fucking I want to be. I pretend to be in my own head. Which, like, obviously, I don't think that. I think I, you know what I mean? Like, it, I, I'm absolutely, like, have the lowest to mediumist self-esteem. I have, like, a, a medium rare self-esteem. But, like, <laughs> it's very, like, it's very, um, you know, obviously, like, we talk about this all the time. Like, dating is extremely. <laughs> oh, I see. Sorry for everyone listening. Jeff in. just came in and threw my threw the dog on the bed, and then he came in and started <laughs> petting the dog, and it's all about the dog. Love God bombing God. the dog. Yeah, no. The, honestly, this dog is love bombing me and manipulating me, and it's a that's lot. true. Dogs love bomb. Dogs <laughs> exactly. love bomb yeah. from the minute you meet them. <laughs> yes, it but is. I withhold. just literally described that other guy as being puppy. Like, yeah, that's true. Well, my dog does because she's basically a cat. <laughs> <laughs> and also she's a bitch but we love her very much um i probably love bomb her more than she loves me it doesn't matter <laughs> so yeah i mean i think that like look we talk about this every episode dating is so so vulnerable and so scary and brings up like all of our i think so for so many people their greatest fear is that they are like fundamentally unlovable in whatever way that might be they're not hot enough smart enough whatever enough I've always thought I was just the most annoying person alive so like how could anyone ever love me because I'm so annoying like everyone has their own version of this um and when you're love bombed it's someone being like no that's not true uh but the thing is is like love bombing is a reflection of someone else's low self-esteem and like Mm -hmm. the desire to keep you around the desire to be with someone rather than being alone and it's a place where I think a lot of we we talk about this a lot where with like intersecting um intersecting baggage and I think it's a place where like one person's low self-esteem brings out and uh, inflames another person's low self-esteem um by like targeting it and kind of like yeah. um it, it's like z- it like targets it and like zaps it it's like a very specialized, like laser focused, um, like low self-esteem seeker and uh, zapper. What the fuck am I saying? But it's very, um, it's very, it's another reason it's just very important to be in therapy and to be like remembering like I am so happy that even at whatever age 24 or whatever, when this happened to me, I had built up enough self-esteem in therapy to be like, okay, rather than doubling down on this because some someone finally loves me I'm gonna like make the choice to say like this isn't for me because mm-hmm. I'm not where you are and I don't want to like disappoint you and let you down but if I hadn't gone to therapy in my early 20s absolutely eh, I would have made the wrong choice I would have probably not gotten out of a, the relationship with my first boyfriend ever to even get into that other relationship I you know I like all, all of the the choices I made <laughs> to get out of things were based on going to therapy and building self-esteem. So like, I wish I had better advice than just go to therapy, but that's basically what it boils down to. (laughs) It does. So let's wrap up our love bombing section with, and we'll do a listener question and a, and a dating detective. But 
let's just, Liza, we'll, I'll throw out some additional things from the article we didn't touch on, just like signs of it, what to look out for. So it's like, you know, I think it's like extremes in any way really early that are then inconsistent. So like lavish gifts and then maybe like kind of demanding something from you in return, like lavish words or like overzealous words like I love you really soon um you know expecting you to be in their life like I'm picturing someone on a first date just kind of this would just be a red flag I'm not saying this person's love bombing but I've certainly been on some first dates where it was very clear to me that the person was like okay well going through their checklist and would you want to have kids one day and those are all fine things to talk about early but some people are doing it because they don't really care about you they care about being in a relationship I think um and then just like the other one that was interesting that we've, we've touched on, but just like excessive compliments. I think that's to everything we just spoke about the hardest one, because of course you want compliments from the new person you're romantically seeing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I think that like another smart thing this article points out is, um, just kind of like what to do in that situation and again this is I'm probably basing my thoughts on this from reading this article first but uh this article just kind of says or the or the the um one of the psychologists interviewed in this article says that love bombers tend to kind of explode or self-destruct when confronted Mm -hmm. with respectful honesty so I think yeah respectful honesty is like such a good term and I feel like it's basically like another version of yeah like say how you fucking feel which is something we talk about a lot um but I think it's a good test if some if you Mm -hmm. if you're worried you're experiencing this I think a great test is just be like hey like I'm I like you and I think this is like going well but I'm wondering if maybe like things are moving a little fast like how do you feel and just see what you get met back with because if someone freaks out at that it's like not a great sign such a good point I'm so glad you mentioned that and I think that Love bombing, ah, this is not scientific or from the article or from any kind of expertise, but love bombing is also to me just a really good reminder and it's so hard and I am a human who has done this a million times, but just not to put all your eggs in one basket, not to get over invested too quickly. My pattern was always, oh my God, that first date was so good. So I'm just going to like already start cutting him some slack on this, this text, whether it was because he was texting me a bunch or because he wasn't texting me that much at all. Usually the latter for me. But, you know, when you're starting to make excuses because of this thing you got really into early on, and that's where I say, if you're up for it, going on other dates, doing all the things we think are helpful, also just live your life. But I don't know. I just think love bombing is a great reminder that, like, don't, don't, when things feel too fast in love and relationships, just have your guard up. Totally. Amen. Um, on that note, or on a different note, should we do a dating detective? Yes, let's do a dating detective. Go for okay, it. Okay, do you want? Okay, cool. Um, hi, Kimmy and Liza. Heard you were looking to play dating detective, so I'm sending in a situation I'd love to hear your thoughts on. What do you think about rematching with an old date? Last summer, I went on a first date with someone and had a good time. He made his interest clear after the date, and we texted back and forth for a few days. Everything was moving towards the second date, but we never set up plans, and the conversation fizzled. For context, later that same week, I ended up having to go visit family, and after that, wanted to continue traveling in that part of the country. So I didn't know how long I was going to be out of town, and honestly, because I didn't know, I wasn't sure how to articulate all that, that to the, this guy I liked but had only met once. 
I also wasn't really keen on the idea of texting back and forth for an extended period of time because I believe getting to know someone truly needs to happen in person. All this aside, he never followed up for a second date either. I think of it as a mutual ghosting, even if the interest was there. And I had no hard feelings about it. It felt more like bad timing than anything else. Fast forward to this summer, and the same guy kept popping up on my apps. The more more I saw his face, the more I thought back to that date and was like, it'd be nice to see him again. So I liked him and sent a little message being direct that we'd already gone on a date and I wanted to reach out. I don't believe in being coy about that sort of thing, pretending like we've never matched before. He matched with me and remembered our date exactly. We've sent a few messages back and forth, and I feel like it's getting to the point where we should set something up to me, and I'm getting thirsty about it. Funny. Um, I monkey with eyes over hands emoji. <laughs> um, I would prefer that he initiate the date because I reached out to him to reconnect. And I feel like this is a are we going to grab a drink or are we ghosting again moment, and I'm starting to get a bit anxious. So maybe my question is really thinking hypothetically, what if he ghosts? I was the last to message answering questions he asked me, so Ball is in his court to respond and hopefully ask me out. I feel like if he weren't interested, he wouldn't have matched with me in the first place and he wouldn't be making thoughtful conversation now. There really isn't any reason that we wouldn't meet up again, but dating can be mysterious. Maybe by the time you guys read this, the situation will have evolved or come to a halt, but I wanted to reach out because I'm sure other people have had the same dilemma of should I rematch with that person, especially thinking that if things go were going to work out that they would have the then they would have the first time around but you never know excited to hear your thoughts and thanks for your amazing podcast thank you for writing in yes this is such a good uh dating detective situation because even though it's not like something from the past it's very there are tiny clues in this that i feel like we can deduce some things from oh wow wow the language coming out of my mouth today okay i have two thoughts liza i'm gonna just throw them out there oh yeah i want to hear them dear listener you are a queen you sound like an awesome thoughtful sweet person um doing the brave thing of dating and so if this person has been on your mind and you rematch them and you wrote into us this many words like no no judgment uh, fuck it like yeah maybe he should ask you but mm, say just say it say it out loud ask him and then you'll get your answer and then you don't have to think about it my other Thought is the actual opposite of that. So then Liza will help distill this into more tangible advice, maybe. Um, my other thought is, like, the, if he wanted to, he would of it all. Like, you're not wrong. It is, like, in an ideal world, since you have already met once in person, you know, usually if, if you hadn't met him, I'm like, well, dating apps are weird. People don't go on them, whatever. But, yeah, you guys are talking back and forth and he hasn't said something. A little bit like you want that interest opposite of love bombing we don't want love bombing but we want like some interest to begin with especially just with the dynamics of hetero relationships i think you want that dude to just ask you out because why isn't he otherwise so listen i think if you're going to keep thinking about it just ask him so you can get the straight answer now and not think about it um otherwise yeah then you can otherwise you can just wait for him i think you need to ask him okay liza what do you think Yeah, I mean, I think that, like, I totally agree with you in general of, like, okay, you made the first move of of rematching, you know, he should be the one. In, like, regular decorum sense, he should be the one to ask you out. However, I think that Kimmy's totally right, which is, like, if you're already this far into the process of, like, yeah, I kind of would like to reconnect – and he doesn't ask you out, you should definitely be like, so drink, question mark? 
Mm-hmm. Or and, and you can even whatever you could make a joke like drink question mark or like did we already try it you know I don't know that's not a joke but you could say something like more lighthearted um, to just be like you know Should we go on our second first date I don't know that's yeah so oh my god cheesy, that's cute but... not at all I think that's cute uh, and that's actually really cute yeah I would be like drink question mark or are you not into second first dates perfect that's it because it's like you don't have yeah it's and it's like it's almost got a little sass to it in a good way where it's like you're not that important to me which I think is just important you know totally saying important. yeah Agent and it's confident I, you know I think you want to show you're showing confidence you want to show confidence but I think and if Carlin were here I think this is what she would say I'm channeling her right now I think that like you probably want to mention it on the date. You may want to be like, okay, cool. Like if you want to hang out again, ball's got to be in your court. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, again, that maybe find like a, a lighter way to say it. Cause it, it could be too early to be like pressureful about that kind of stuff, but you could just be like, all right, well you let me know if you want to hang out again. Like, you know, I, uh, maybe like offer to pay for the date and be like, Hey, I asked you, um, I'll pay, but like, yeah. let me know if you want to hang out again. I'm going to leave it in your court friend or whatever. Um, yeah, because it's interesting. I'm just thinking of like, I don't know, all the other dating influencers like Lindsay Metzler, who we've had on and she like is very like, don't, we met at Acme. Don't send a thank you text after the date. Sometimes with like those rules, I'm like, yeah, we should all do what we want. But I think in this scenario, those kinds of rules, like Liza, what you said, like maybe you pay for it and maybe you promise yourself you're not going to text him after the date if you go on it. You have to wait for him to show interest because it's actually, it's not just about gender and stereotypes. I think no matter who you're dating, there's a certain point where you've got to just be like, all right, are I cannot always be the one reaching out even though it's totally. a tiny effort to like and rematch it's so tiny it's not like he's like oh she loves me but you've gotta you you articulate it so well in what you wrote to us thank you for writing to us it's you you, you gotta give some get he has to match your energy right back yeah totally yeah and like imagine look imagine you know you ask him on the next five dates I know you obviously like you're probably not gonna do that because you have like you know enough perspective and whatever and you're obviously like very smart on top of your shit but let's just say as a thought experiment you did like it's going to be if he's someone who's not proactive about planning about you know getting dates on the calendar getting things um scheduled like that's gonna lead to a very unsatisfying early dating experience and potentially an unsatisfying relationship if it were to lead to a relationship or whatever Mm -hmm. So I think that's just something to watch out for. If someone doesn't want to put effort into something, it's not a great sign. It wouldn't be a great sign if he was doing that at his job or with his family or whatever. So if he's doing it with dating, it's not like I think it's not a great sign about someone's personality if they don't put a lot of effort into something. And at the same time, it's so interesting if they're putting too much effort in those weird love bomby ways. Also bad. But that's totally. Oh, my God. It's like it's got to be just a normal middle ground amount of effort. And the thing is, that sounds like, oh, my gosh, how will I ever find that? That was the biggest learning for me from doing this podcast and going on dates. It You will feel it in your gut. It will just feel like a normal level of someone wanting to be around you um, and reaching out to you. And yeah, oh, I did not meet meet Tony's energy really with that. <laughs> but, you know, well, to, well, I think that it's also <laughs> about the other other people giving what the other person needs. You know what I mean? Like not we don't all need the same level. We all have different hashtag love languages. 
but we don't all need the same level of give and take. I know couples where I think they're both extreme givers and it works great. I know couples where I think like they're both extreme like mellowers or like live like fairly independent lives and it works great. Like I think it's also I'm a, a taker. and couples with <laughs> I mean, look, I, I probably I am. am too. I'm a giver in some respects, but I'm a taker in a lot of respects, like Uh-oh. needing an, an inordinate amount of attention all the time. <laughs> no. I, young, youngest child syndrome. Like, but you know what? I'm There's really a person with out both there. of us working from home. Like yeah. Jeff will be on a meeting and I'll turn around and like uh, throw a grape at his head. Why? I, because I'm a butthead who needs attention. All, look, we all have our different like levels of this, <laughs> right? But and uh, oh, my God. And I know t- grapes are toxic for dogs. Trust me. I'm like, oh, my dog's oh, no, I'm like, someone's gonna at me and be like, don't throw grapes around your dog. I was just talking about the dog. fact okay. that your mind just um, went there. Oh, the internet is. I was is like, I know. I just am like trying to avoid getting added. Um, but it, we all have different levels of needs, and I think the most important thing is to make sure that like you're giving what your partner needs, you're getting what you need, and like those levels are properly adjusted to the very specific person who you are dating. And yes. Those things can be fine-tuned, but I think it's hard to, like, change the whole setting. You know, if you are, like, two givers and no one – I don't know what – you know, it's hard to – you can't, like, fundamentally change someone. But I do think that, like, you can help people kind of adjust or modify those dials in themselves based on what you need and what you can give. And, like, I think you have to do that when you're Mm -hmm. in a relationship. So – it's just a good thing to like keep an eye on. Oh, what what wisdom, Liza? Thank you. Oh, stop! And also, <laughs> grapes are toxic to dogs. LOL. Grapes no. are toxic None to of dogs. My... Going. I'm to just date. really dropping Great. all of these wisdoms. Um, you guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week. We have more Carlin coming up. We have more exciting guests coming up, and um, we love you guys so much. And go on a date. Thank you so much. Go on a date. Wear your mask. Love you.